Ladies and gentlemen. Pacific Down Sound Radio. Hello and welcome to Pacific Sound Radio, your go-to source for everything happening in the Vancouver music scene. I'm James Olson and thank you for joining us on another installment of Quarantine Edition. On this week's episode, we are joined by Palm Hayes. Palm Hayes are the musical duo of Anna Wagner on vocals and bass guitar and producer-guitarist Lucas Inacio, a.k.a. Flover. Formed in Ila Bella, Brazil, with the band soon relocating to Vancouver, B.C. after writing just two songs together, Palm Hayes have crafted a sound that is airy, dreamy, and commanding, drawing from a variety of influences including shoegaze, trip-hop, and alternative rock. In a few short years, Palm Hayes have released two well-received self-produced EPs, have had their music featured on the Netflix series Northern Rescue, and have played with touring acts such as Exploded View, Shadow House, and The Max, and local bands including Washers, Laverne, and Sleepy Gonzales. Okay, and we'll get started. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. How's, um, how, how's quarantine and isolation and all that going for you too? Yeah, you know, we're just taking it easy, you know, trying to spend a lot of time, you know, just doing things that we like, you know, and I don't know. We still kind of, we still talk with our friends and stuff. And yeah, yeah. And playing some music. I don't know, it's been okay. Yeah. We kind of, we miss a bit, you know, the... The shows. The old days, the shows, <laughs> especially, you know. Yeah, we got... Everything got cancelled, so... Yeah, we, we got, like, a lot of shows cancelled uh, because of the COVID and, yeah. But yeah. it's okay, we are trying to make music and do other activities, I guess. Yeah, to spend time. Try <laughs> to stream. Busy. Yeah. It sounds like you two are keeping yourselves busy in the in the meantime, which is I guess part of the reason why we got you got you two on the show. Yeah. We haven't of course featured Palm Hayes on Pacific Sound Radio before and um I guess uh, to start off before forming this band, uh, how did each of you get into music? Were either of you involved in any other bands or projects before this one? Mm. No, not really. Like, I, I used to make music when I was younger, I guess around, like, some 15 years old with, like, it was just with another friend, but not nothing really serious. Uh, and then, like, after some time, I guess, like, I, I, I didn't do anything with music for, like, some 10 years, I guess. And then, like, we decided to form the band later, like, yeah. Yeah, I think it's always been, like, one of those things, you know. Oh, I always... Wanted to have a band, you know, I always wanted to do that, but we never like really did it. And then at some point we we're just like, well, let's just start this, you know? So yeah, I, uh, I just decided to kind of like learn the bass, you know, yeah, I'm just gonna learn this, and, you know, yeah. let's try to make some music. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, like we, we decided to have the band, then, then after deciding we start studying more music, actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's not like, yeah, we, we started, Becoming musicians by starting a band, not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a. It's funny you mention that because that's kind of the way that I got into bass was I was like 14 at the time or something like that, and 
my friend wanted to start a band. We never really started a band, but he was like, I play guitar. You should play bass. And I was like, okay. And I just got like a starter kit with a bass and have just kind of played bass since. Yeah. I read that the band was formed in a beach house in Ila Bella uh, in Brazil. How did you two first meet and what kind of drove you to form the band? So we met a long time ago, like uh, more than 10 years ago, like uh, we met on the internet, actually, she like it was on MSN Messenger, she was like with the lyrics of a Matrix song, Help I'm Alive, then I completed her lyrics, then we started talking, like that, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, like, I, I don't know exactly why we decided to have the band. I guess yeah. we were traveling, I remember, and I, I happened to have brought, like, my acoustic guitar for some reason, you know, I don't know why. Yeah. And then, like, we played some cards, and like, oh, that's cool, sounds like a song, you know. Then I guess we decided, oh, let's have a band, you know, you know. Yeah, I remember that you, like, you picked the phone, and yeah. you just started recording what you were playing, and I started, like, just singing on top of it, and it was a really cool song, so we were like, we can do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> at what point did you realize that it was you both you two were both very serious about it just in co considering where you both are now with with the band with everything that you're doing and the fact that you had a bunch of shows lined up that were unfortunately canceled yeah i think it was it was when we moved here to canada and then lucas started doing a music production course so he really yeah. got into recording and mixing and everything else. Then we really started to get serious and like actually like write songs with the goal of like recording and you know and like really perfecting and getting something, you know, with a bit of a concept behind and you know like really create you know an album or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we didn't. We weren't like really ambitious about it, but we did like when it was ready, I guess, that we really tried to, like, release it and, like, really, like, contact the media or try to put it out there, share with people online, share with people yeah. in groups, you know, and start playing shows. And then I guess that it just grew from there. Yeah, and I, and I think, like, some part, a part of us, like, taking it very, very seriously is because, uh, like, since uh, we were in Brazil, right, so we had, like, kind of to let our lives that we had there to move to Canada, you know, so it would be kind of a restart, you know. So I, I took the opportunity since I had left my job and I took like, okay, let's try music and let's like go all in, you know. So I don't know, I guess like since since we we were here in Canada, we were like We've very like, serious already. Yeah, very like into trying to make this Yeah, trying to project. play very often yeah. and to actually make it, you know, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Lucas, that's something that I remember you mentioning in... Uh, I think an interview you did with the music blog Off Shelf, you said specifically that it's very tricky being a musician uh, or just being in a band in Brazil. From your experience, what are some of the differences between just playing music in Brazil in contrast to Canada? Mm. I guess the, the van was like... Uh, there yeah. are not many van. It was also like even like... I, I, I compared like mostly with Sao Paulo, which is where I'm from, 
And like São Paulo is a very big city, you know, it's is is it's hard to have like to farm a scene kind of, I don't know. Yeah, there isn't really like a scene, you know. It's and if there is, it's usually of something more like traditional Brazilian music, which is really not our style. So I guess that yeah. for us it would be like really hard to, you know, like find our place, you know. And yeah. I don't think that there isn't there isn't really like a place for yeah. like this kind of music there. And, yeah. and there's also the like uh, the issue of like I would say of kind of even infrastructure kind of you know because uh, like since uh, music equipment is is very very expensive you know like for uh, like in Brazil it's hard like for for a place to have all the gear that they would need to make like sound very good and stuff and it's even like I don't know like it's even dangerous you know because yeah. uh, over there is not that safe you know and. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So it's every, everything like that affects affect everything, so many you know. Things. Even like getting instruments or even like even access, you know, to like music in school and like teaching, you know, and just like having the opportunity to like just do something that you like. Like in Brazil, life is so much different, you know, like you don't have the same opportunities to do. And was that what ultimately made you two decide to move to Canada? You realized, hey, you know, we want to make music, and Brazil's not cutting it in that regard? Yeah, yeah it was absolutely. definitely a part of that, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> On the show, uh, especially with uh, with guests that have uh, lived in uh, Vancouver for most of their lives, we often talk about how it can be uniquely challenging being a musician in the city, but I want to get your perspective on what your experience has been like playing in and around the Vancouver music scene, especially considering, you know, you're not, you're not from Canada originally and you're not from Vancouver originally. Mm -hmm. I think it's been very receptive, you know, like I think that there are a lot of, opportunities a lot of like nice people there's really a scene around here and you know what it is it's very sad that a lot of venues you know since we started playing so many venues shut down you know yeah and this is yeah this is definitely something that uh should change you know eventually but overall you know still there are a lot of you know cool places and even if a place shuts down you know then everyone just moves and start going to this other place you know but it's still it's still alive you know so that's mm -hmm. really cool yeah <laughs> yeah what do you think yeah i guess like uh, i mean it's always challenging challenging just because like music is a is already like a a challenging industry because <laughs> like I don't know you have I feel like for to be a musician I have to do so many things you know include including playing live like you always have to be releasing music and stuff like this but but I feel like there's a lot of opportunities here here in Vancouver like I mean now now it's, it's kind of all shut down but there, there <laughs> were and until that there were some good opportunities I, I'd say you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> Lucas handles all of the production duties for the band. Um, how would you describe your approach to assembling a song or a release? Mm. Yeah, I guess like mo most of our songs, they start with me and Anna just jamming, like usually just on, on acoustic guitar and she sings something. Uh, 
and then like we kind of make a demo or, or sometimes you don't even record exactly a demo you just like have okay this, this is an idea of a song you know then we go to the recording session a lot of times like we record first the vocals like we, we just lay out some I guess some some guitars just for her to have something to listen and then we record the vocals and then like later on we have kind of like I guess a creative session where usually I I record like uh, I don't know guitars, but I also like I don't know I jam over some loops or some parts of the song, and that's when we try to add like new stuff, like add the synths and stuff, and that's like usually what shapes a lot the song, you know, because in this part like usually we we change a lot of things, you know, and usually once we are at this stage we don't like to kind of re-record, you know. So like let's say we we have an idea and then like we instead of re-recording we try to find some other beat to record and I don't know reverse it or do something mm -hmm. to create a new part I don't know something like this. Yeah. <laughs> so to use a, a really terrible architecture analogy, it's almost like you build one part of the house and then try and figure out how to build the house around that one part of the house. Yeah, I, I would say like, I'd say it's like this: you you go and you get all the materials done, materials done, you know, the raw materials, which are the recordings. Then I pick all that and try to make a song, you know, with with that material, you know. I usually don't add much or like add, I don't go and write new parts. I just pick that and try to transform it somehow, you know. Maybe pick a piece of the guitar and sample it, make it make a synth sound. I don't know something like this, you know. Gotcha. And that kind of ties into something that I've noticed about your music is there's a real raw quality to what you've released so far with, you know, the really big guitars and the layers of effects that characterize your music. Where do you think this element comes from? Mm. I guess probably like from... I guess from from our influences for sure, you know, we listen to a lot of music that is uh, very like dreamy and shoegazy for to say. But also, I I really enjoy listening like even ambient music or I don't know meditation music, which which are usually music that are, they are they are more focused on the on the sound design per se than than on the like on the actual notes you know it's more like about like vibra vibrations of waves and things like that you know so I, I guess like i take all that you know usually on my production and try to to make it like very dreamy and stuff so <laughs> i guess it's from there some, some somehow you know What's or, or even like from i just remember something even, even from like uh Video game soundtracks, you know, I, I usually like take a lot of reference from video game soundtracks. So I don't know, maybe from there too. <laughs> it's funny you mention video game soundtracks. One of the things that I've even been kind of thinking about just because I've been playing like a lot, a lot of handheld like Nintendo DS games <laughs> lately and stuff like that. Uh -huh. 8-bit eight eight -bit music is kind of surprisingly complex even though a lot of it is looped every few minutes yeah oh sorry i cut it here you're saying that it's, it's very complex it can be I, very complex but of course it's looped like every few seconds as well yeah yeah that's true that's true 
I read Lucas that the debut EP for the band Tangy Dream was your final project for the music production course you're taking at Langara College at the time. What did your professor think of the EP? Oh, he he really he really liked it. Actually, he said it was like one of his favorite uh, one of his favorite EPs, like from from the the time he was te teaching there at Langara. Yeah, actually, even yeah. He sent me an email. He said he said that, like that, yeah. That he was very happy with how it was all put together, and like I don't know of how passionate I was and stuff. <laughs> Sometimes he actually called me to he calls me to go to the to the college like just to talk with the new students, you know. For example, <laughs> already been there sometimes. <laughs> How how have uh, some of those talks gone? Have you just like shown up and gone like, hey, you know, I'm guitarist in the band. This is, listen to the, listen to this album I made. <laughs> no, yeah, like uh, for example, when we made the when we pressed the pressed the EP into vinyl, I went there like to gift him one a copy of the vinyl. Then yeah, he he also talked like to the students. Oh, he did this here in the cars and stuff. Like I don't know, kind of used, used me as an example. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's really cool. And kind of on that, the band's currently working with Detroit-based label Young Heavy Souls, who currently handle the physical distribution of your tapes and records. How'd you get? connected with them and what have been some of the advantages to being signed to a label i know it's an indie label but it's still a label mm -hmm. um they reached out to us right yeah yeah like we, we uh, ago. it was when you did the crowdfunding campaign to press our vinyl oh, yeah they saw that campaign and they said oh since you're doing the campaign maybe i can help you to put out some tapes you know for change dream then, like, that was the first time that we yeah. worked together. Yeah, so they put out the, the tapes for Tangy Dream. Yeah. And then uh, then after that, um, Lucas and I, we were working on Rev Blue, right? So we sent to them, and they wanted to work with us to release that album and, like, do some work behind it. Yeah. And then we were like, yeah, sure, let's try, you know, because we, we really like their style, you know, like the bands that they have signed up before and things like that. So it felt like... Aesthetically, you know, and everything mm -hmm. else, it was a really like a good match. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I thought it would be just interesting to, you know, see how how a label works, right? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. we also had no idea how that would be like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it totally it was it was a very cool experience because, for example, for for our release, they they made a music video for us, which was super fun to record, and we even really liked the how how yeah, it turned result, out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it definitely helps, you know, like... Yeah. yeah, they helped, like, with, like, the whole release, right? With, like, PR and things like that. Um, yeah. They helped us book a tour that we did mm -hmm. um, here in Canada. So, yeah, a couple of things, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and of course, with the, the physical release, now we're actually releasing Rev Blue in vinyl. So it's because of them, right? So they're doing this. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And has the label had a hand in helping shape the band's visual aesthetic? There's a, you know, you guys have a very cons consistent visual branding. 
mm-hmm. and just wondering, like, you know, do you handle that all yourself, or do you have some collaborators that you work with? That's all Lucas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he does everything. He does all the artwork, you know, like everything, like all the videos that we record, the photos, <laughs> almost all of them. He edits oh, yeah, got... everything. <laughs> yeah, I try to make it, like, put it out together consistent, even, even some photos, yeah. But... But it, it was very nice for example the label one, one of the one, a cool fact is that the president of the label he's also a, a videographer and photographer so I, I'm also like before before studying music I actually used to work with art direction and gra- graphic design so so like I don't know it, it's kind of a very good match you know to have a, a label that also works like that yeah. and yeah even though like most of the stuff that I, I've been doing like the album art and stuff like this. In the video, like they did the music video, but it it, it could really, have us that made yeah, it because it, it was like the same vision. Yeah, you know? it matches like, so much, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I really couldn't tell the difference between the video that they made and any of the videos that you've released since, just because of the of the consistency there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the things you you mentioned, and I had a a question about, was that for the vinyl run of Tangy Dream, you were able to successfully crowdfund through Q-Rates. What can you tell us about this platform and why should more artists and bands look into this organization to get their records pressed? It looks like a really cool uh, thing that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I like, yeah, it's, a, it's a very cool platform. Basically, you you set up almost like a pre-sale, but if, if you don't get your target, like you don't press. I definitely like recommend for any artist because, like even us before we actually su- succeeding, we had a first uh, another run with a bigger goal, and we actually failed in that one, you know. But then we said, oh, let's try again. Let's just reduce a bit and try again, you know, just a hundred copies. I f- I feel like it's, it's was it was like even it it even boosted a bit like our our I, I don't know our audience because i don't know just the, the campaign was interesting you know you just like go and keep posting oh we have 30 days you know 20 days and it's also like a limited edition so a lot of people got attracted by that you know i'll definitely recommend like basically for anyone out there who has maybe already some ep already recorded you know you should just like just try you know because i don't know the max the max maximum thing you it can happen is you not not succeeding you know which is I don't know, it's okay, I guess, like... Because you can always try again. <laughs> yeah, at least with yeah. you, with you, who is you if this, you know, if we fail <laughs> sometimes. I think it's part of, like... Oh, yeah, flirting, trying, yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah, I feel like everybody should try, you know, for sure. <laughs> Tangy Dream came out in 2017. It was followed by uh, Rev Blue uh, in 2019. In a couple different interviews, you described these two releases as contrasting works, similar to the seasons of summer and winter, how do these differences manifest on each of these two releases? Hmm. I, I guess it's like very. I don't know. It's kind. Of, I feel like it's kind of almost synesthetic, you know, because uh, first, first thing that it manifests like is on the album art. Uh, like visually, I feel like Tangy Dream has like a very vibrant pink, and the clouds like definitely look more summer and have blue, you can barely tell that, it's like, that those are clouds, like it's very dark and and like blue, more blue and cold, you know? 
And but I, I guess like even on the songs itself, you you can I don't know I, I can feel like a difference, you know. Well, we did wrote all of Tangerine Dream songs pretty much during like the, the summer. summer. Yeah. <laughs> we were like just going to the beach, you know, getting some sun, <laughs> and yeah. then Reblue. It was like there was like all this shit going on in our lives, and it was like winter, and yeah. it was like we started like Reblue. <laughs> yeah. Literally, the first song we wrote was like in in, uh, in fall, you know. Then like it was like fall, winter. Then like we had a bunch of problems with immigration during the next <laughs> summer. Then there was a, like a next winter, so like, I don't know. It was like basically two winters condensed on that <laughs> album. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely an emotional heaviness into it too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> With that in mind, do you kind of have an idea of the mood or tone of the next EP or LP or whatever grouping of songs you wind up releasing? Mm, yeah, yeah, I feel like, like we have some idea. We want to, I don't know, maybe get some in between both, you know? <laughs> yeah, like we, we want, want to really make some stuff that is kind of uplifting. I guess like those, those EPs are kind of the extremes, you know? Like, like one is very summery and the other is like. <laughs> summery is not like it's too sugary, it's too kind of sad. But yeah, I guess like we would go somewhere between those, you know? like. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain. I'm not sure what we're gonna do. Yeah, it's we're working on it, but we're like there are like all those songs and all of these directions to take you know into, and we're always like just we're still not 100 decided on what it's gonna be like. Yeah. <laughs> I guess one avenue to consider, because I know you've released... Recently, you've dropped uh, two instrumental songs. Have you given that much thought to putting out, like, an instrumental release? Yeah, yeah. We act that's funny to show us, because, like, actually, we, we gave some thought already into maybe, uh, we, like, releasing an instrumental album, because... Yeah, we have many instrumental songs actually. Yeah, like a lot. Yeah, for for an album, maybe maybe we're gonna do it actually. Yeah, just why not? <laughs> yeah, like it's just like uh, I don't know, it's gonna be like one different album, or instrumental maybe I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can probably do both. You could probably release one. Yeah, you could probably release an instrumental and a one and with, a, yeah. more traditional one within like the same year or something like that. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. The instrumentals, they usually go faster, you know, for sure. <laughs> Lucas also has a side project called, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, is it pronounced Flower? No, it's Flover. Flover, okay. It's, it's, <laughs> it is how it's spelled, all right. Um, yeah. Which uh, I understand Anna also performs in. Uh, what oh, yeah. What <laughs> differentiates this project from... Palm Hayes, and have you ever been in a position where a Flover song has become a Palm Hayes song or vice versa? Oh, yeah, this happened actually. <laughs> actually, one of the songs of Have Blue drop in. I, I made it for, like, my intention was for me to sing, but then, like, and I made the lyrics, so we ended up releasing in Palm Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> we liked it! <laughs> yeah. But, but I guess, like, the main difference is, is, like, the lead vocals, you know. Yeah, and, and I guess, like, also my, my project, we barely use, like, synth, synths, you know? So it's more, like, raw, you know, guitar, bass, drums, like, garage, uh, you know, garage, punk, yeah. you know, kind of. 
has much less of the dreaminess, just like on the guitars, maybe. And but in Palm Haze is like I don't know. You can have like a song that is just synths, you know, basically, and no guitar sometimes. And of course, Anna's vocals, which it makes like I don't know. I think I, I, for me the vocals are very important. You know, if you put like a Anna singing and me singing, like it's totally different. You know, Palm Haze is like mostly Anna. Sometimes I go and backing vocals. Yeah, in my project, it's like me singing. But yeah, I don't know. We're, we're still actually thinking. So maybe one day we can join them. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you never know what is the right thing to do, you know, like, oh, like, should we separate because they're a bit different styles or should we just, yeah. like, put all together under one project, you know, yeah. it's like... <laughs> but but it, it's very good to have two, like, especially for live performances, you know, because, I don't know, sometimes if you if you perform, like, three shows in Vancouver, I spawn haze, like, I don't know, it's hard <laughs> for people to want to go three times in your show. <laughs> Yeah, there is, and, yeah, there, there is such thing as oversaturating a very small <laughs> yeah, market, as a work. market as a work. Yeah. And also the venues, you know, like there are some venues that like, uh, I don't know, for example, there's a very cool venue that we have, we had a show as Flover, which is CBDB, you know, it's like a very punk rock place and yeah, like that venue totally, it's, hard, it's even hard to play as Palm Haze, you know. Even the the gear that you need, like sometimes, like the the punk vendors, you just go and put your amp, and there are drums, and that's it, you know. <laughs> yeah, because I imagine with the, uh, I haven't had a chance to see folks yet, and I intend to once we can see live, can shows, see again. live yeah. shows again. But I imagine with <laughs> Palm Haze, there's probably more that's required in order to achieve the Palm Haze sound live. Yes, yes. And one kind of on that, uh, one of the most noticeable elements of your recorded music and your live show is the use of drum machines in place of a drummer. For a mo for the most part, I've noticed you have done some shows with uh, a drummer, but what's the, I guess, thought process behind re releasing music almost exclusively and performing music almost exclusively as a duo? without a drummer mm. yeah the, like well, there's definitely a practicality level you know because mm -hmm. touring is really easy when it's just us two right it makes things much yeah just much easier but also i think that there is like this factor of like when you're performing as a duo of like an intimacy you know maybe maybe when you have the drummer you do have a more energetic performance you know but there is something that you know you don't get when you're like mm -hmm. you get something when you have the drummer you get something different and you, when you don't have the drummer you know and yeah. we kind of like you know the duo we do like the full band too for some songs but there are a lot of songs palm haze that goes just really well you know with the duo performance yeah yeah yeah, I think like the practicality of it is definitely one of the biggest reasons because as a small band, you know, like uh, even like uh, it's, it's like in Vancouver, every every place is small, so it's hard to even like to find a a place to play for a drummer. You know, you, you have like to rent a jam space or pay by hour on studios, so it even like adds a cost for us. You know, and I don't know, we really enjoy also the. How, how how the drum machine sounds, you know, it gives a different vibe, you know, for sure, you know, like you can get sounds there that you can't do for a drummer as, as you can do for a drummer, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, ideally, I would say, like, if I could, probably I would play always with a drummer, you know, if I could. 
but I don't know, there, there's all of the intimacy for yeah. the duo too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, it, it, having, using drum samples and a drum machine on your recordings kind of, it certainly leans into the trip hop elements of your sound as well. I guess if you, obviously the the practicality will, <laughs> it's the it's the, the big <laughs> it's factor, the factor there. Would your preference be, I guess, in the long term to at the very least have organic drums on the recordings, or is it kind of one of those things where it depends, will vary from song to song? No, yeah, it's it's always gonna vary song to song, just because I I really enjoy like electronic music, you know, so. Like, yeah, there, there are songs that there's just no way, you know, like if you want the electronic music sound, if you want a beat sound, you should like make it with a drum machine or like, with samples, you know, if you put a drummer there, it's going to sound like a drummer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Between the EPs that you've dropped, you've consistently put out singles. And as I mentioned earlier, you've put out two instrumental tracks and you have a new single titled Walk Away coming out in June. Hopefully that doesn't date this podcast too much. Are these songs indicative of the vibe of the next EP, or is that kind of still up in the air at this point? No, no. Those songs are actually... They're old songs that we had here. Like, we finished it some, some time ago, and we didn't release for some reason. And... Since like Bandcamp is having this initiative, you know, that they are waiving every first Friday, they waive their fees. Then we like just, just, I don't know, found that as a incentive for us to put some music out. And then we are putting like those singles and, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I don't know. They're not exactly the, the vibe we're going for the next album, I, I guess. I think no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the next song especially is very dark and... This is a cover like of a, a, an artist called David Bernstein, which is, was actually one of my teachers in Langara. And yeah, <laughs> like I, I don't feel uh, I, that song, I'm probably going to just leave as a single just because I feel like since it's a cover, I feel like it's kind of... It's, it's own thing, right? Yeah, it's own thing, you know, yeah. yeah. And the instrumentals, maybe they're going to be part of, I don't know, maybe, yeah, they're indicative of the... It, the potential instrumental album, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned the Bandcamp initiative that they're doing. When I when they first started doing that, and I think it might have even been in March, as early as March, I was uh, I've been trying. <laughs> it's basically become ex an excuse for me to buy way too much vinyl every every month. Yeah, <laughs> the shipping fees get to be a little crazy, but uh, it's been it's been I, I I'm very happy with the fact that they've been doing that because it's been an excellent way for people to uh, to support artists because I mean no one can tour <laughs> or play shows which is a huge yeah. part of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty soon after quarantine measures went into effect, uh, the band started doing streams on the Twitch TV platform, which included live practices and even a recording session, and you kept this going until about mid-April. Twitch is, of course, most well-known as probably the go-to streaming platform for professional gamers. 
what was your experience like using this platform to share your music? Because I'll admit you you two were the f- like the first band I could think of that had used that platform in this way. Yeah, our, our experience actually was pretty good. You know, I feel I feel like there's a different different audience there. You know, we we reached some people that like uh, we wouldn't reach uh, in other channels. You know, because I guess they mostly. Uh, use Twitch, you know, and it, it's very interesting because like you're you're just like streaming sometimes, and I bet like there are some people that are browsing and they see you and then like oh I like this and they discover your band, you know. I, f- I feel like this is very valuable, you know. Sometimes you play a show, I don't know in Vancouver, and then like there's like 15 people there, but like uh, I don't know, like uh, maybe they're not gonna check your stuff, but like you know on Twitch. You, I don't know. You, you can reach like I don't know if you find if you reach like five people. It's already yeah. very I don't know. I think it's very yeah. beneficial for the band, you know. And these people, you know, those random people that just like stop by and like, I think that because you're like you're in that environment and there's like the chat room there, you know, they can like talk to you and you talk to them, you know, and it's like I can even remember like the the names and of the people and then later they went and follow our band and I know who they are, you know, and like we yeah. talk, you know, and it's kinda like it even creates a connection, you know, with like these people. Yeah. That it's it's cool, you know, because it's it's just like when you're playing a concert, you know, and there's someone that you never met before, never seen before there and like their mu- your music, you know, and yeah. you can get that, you know. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's very, it's a very unique way, you know. Yeah. But it's interesting. Yeah. We're probably gonna keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask, um, especially with live music events on hold, do you have any plans to do more streaming events in the near future? Yeah, yeah. Like for for the release of the single, we are planning on Saturday, the Saturday after, right? Yeah. Or no, actually the Friday. Yeah. So that's what June fifth, right? Yeah, June June five, like on, on actually on the day that we release this single, we're gonna make like a release party, you know. And then we're gonna release party stream. <laughs> yeah, play some music and chat with people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the next one. But like I, I I would say we're gonna still keep keep doing it, you know. Just cause before we tried to do like weekly and I felt like it was too like there was maybe some saturation, you know. And also even chewing times for us. But I think we're gonna keep doing like maybe once a month or whenever we have a release or a cool event, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and with the event that you have coming up, are you gonna play like a full set? What do you have in mind? Yeah, we're gonna play a full set and and play our also the the new single, you know, live. <laughs> Walk away for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Looking beyond this next single what does the band have planned for near music and the new music in the next few months can fans expect a new ep sometime soon or are you two kind of playing it by ear in that regard yeah i think like uh after after the single we're gonna release our vinyl and also we want like we have we're gonna have a music video for for the vinyl release which we're very excited to share and yeah, after that, uh, we're we're probably gonna take some time to to write some music and keep releasing some singles <laughs> as usual. But yeah, an album we're not sure for for an album, you know. 
Yeah. Maybe in the end of the year, next year, but like still very unsure. <laughs> Obviously, for a another more a longer release, you'll might be a good idea to hold off until you can play a proper live yeah, album yeah. Or live release <laughs> show. I think that's everyone's everyone's kind of goal at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any local bands or artists that you'd recommend we bring on the show for a future episode? Oh yeah, of course. Like um, Washers. There's a band called Washers. I'll I'll definitely recommend. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, I I think probably you had them already. Like Sleepy Gonzalez. They're very probably very very nice. <laughs> yeah, we've had Sleepy on the show twice, but it's funny you mention washers because they were one of my local picks for best of 2019 their record last year was just phenomenal amazing yeah Yeah. it was like i've never heard someone with morrissey from the smith style vocals Oh, I, that reference is the one that I always take. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's like like Morrissey singing over just this like chaotic Dillinger escape plan sort of music. It's just, it's bizarre in a wonderful way. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) There is another band that I really like called Laverne. You guys had them. Yeah, right? yeah. had them on a show. <laughs> well, I definitely want to have them on it on again. Their Instagram is just hilarious. I don't know who yeah. runs it, <laughs> but like every time I've I've met up with their with those guys, I've just I've told them straight up, just like I, you guys just nail it when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah, and so. there's also um this duo um called Mellowhound. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of them. I haven't had them on the show yet so they'd be a yeah, they'd be a great one yeah they're pretty cool yeah nice people too so yeah and, you and should definitely invite them <laughs> and there is one of our friends that we play sometimes called funny death he he's just himself he makes like some synth pop and dream pop music that is really really good definitely recommend checking and the last recommendation is like a, another friend of us you sylvia she makes some cloudy trap music that is very unique also in in the way she sings you know (laughs) yeah i haven't listened to much of the those last two acts so i'll definitely check those out but yeah Mel Mel melhaunt's certainly on the list their new ep is really really solid Yeah. yeah and how can listeners check out your music and keep up with everything you're up to Follow us on Instagram, Love Palm Haze, Bandcamp, Facebook, (laughs) Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, Spotify is like usually. I mean, we put put stuff out everywhere, you know. And our YouTube channel, especially now because we're releasing the video and yeah, 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 we have we release like a few of our like live stream sessions there and some other things. So yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thank you so much, you two. It's been uh, really great having you on the on the show. Looking forward to listening to the new single when it comes out, and I definitely want to. I'm kicking myself that I didn't get a chance to see you two before all this pandemic stuff kicked off, but it gives me all the more impetus to check you out next time I can. Right. Cool. Thanks, James. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us. As yeah. Well. Anytime. You two have yourself a great night. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, James Olson. Pacific Sound Radio is produced by Mark Lingelbach. You can check us out on Facebook at Pacific Sound Radio, Instagram at Pacific Sound Radio, 
Twitter at Pacific S Radio, YouTube at Pacific Sound Radio. Our website is www.pacificsoundradio.com, and you can also check us out wherever you stream your podcasts. If you know a local band or artist that you think should appear as guests on our show, let us know. Fill out the form on our website or send us an email to talkpsr at gmail.com. <laughs>